Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's give praise unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It is a wonderful day in the Lord's house today. And now we're going to open up the Word of God. Philippians chapter 4. We're continuing on a series that we uh, started titled Secrets to Peace. And, um, you know, last week we talked about the fact, Paul said, put it in put it into practice. You'll see that in a moment. And I've been really trying to put the things that the Lord has been teaching me and I believe has given me to teach you. Um, I've been really practicing. And here's one of the things I noticed. I want to say this up front. What we're going to talk about today and the topic of peace in general, kind of really learning how to walk in peace. It's something that's easy to do but it's actually even easier to forget. So the principles that we're learning from the Word of God, they're not that difficult, but they are very easy to forget because when our eyes are fixed on the things of the earth and when we're being pressed in on every side, it's easy to forget that God has given us secrets to peace. Last week I didn't mention that the book of Philippians is called one of the prison epistles, and he wrote this while he was in prison. He was writing about peace from a prison cell, so to speak, and, and it's because Paul learned, spiritually speaking, how to stay and remain in peace despite the outward circumstances of life. And so um, I gave a definition for peace. I want to put this up before we read the text. What is peace? Peace is an inner calmness and rest that, read these four words with me, ready? Only comes from God. Nothing else will give you peace. You may take a warm, hot bubble bath and say, oh. But that won't give you real peace. It'll make you feel a little bit better. We have all kinds of things that make us feel better. But peace is something that only comes from God. Peace means freedom from worry, disorder, and confusion. Our minds, our hearts, our homes are not to be, are not supposed to operate in confusion, but rather in peace. Amen? Amen. Lastly, H.G. Mool said this, H.C.G. Uh, 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 Mool said this, peace is inward rest through his presence in the heart. It's the innermost tranquility caused by contact with him. Praise be to the living God. We can make contact with him. How many would say amen? Amen. So let's go ahead and read the text now. I'm reading all of it, even though last week we touched on the first two verses addressing the, the first secret, which was rejoice in him, and we've been doing that already today. So look at what Paul said on the subject of how to walk in peace. 
He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. That's why we praise God the way we do. It says, let your gentleness or your calmness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. Now, today we focus on six and seven, and it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Next week, please don't miss next week, very important. Uh, uh, um, next week, it'll cover this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Everybody say, put it into practice. Peace is something that you have to put into practice. It says, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, we're focusing on do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the secret, the second secret to peace that Paul is revealing to us is he is telling us, just push it back. Everybody say, push it back. Yes. What the apostle Paul is saying is that when anxiety comes, what we're supposed to do is push it back. This is what he's saying. Everybody say, push it back. The way that you live in peace is that when anxiety comes at you, you have to push it back. This is what he's teaching us today. This is what he's encouraging us today. And here's the reason why. Remember, peace is inside out. Anxiety is outside in. Look at this. We had this last week. Peace is something that only comes from God that resides in our hearts, in our spirit, in our minds. Peace is inside out. You get it from God, only from God. And when God gives you that peace, then he can keep you regardless of what your circumstances are. Anxiety, on the other hand, is outside in. It's negative circumstances, negative possibilities that push against, or should I say, war against the soul. So anxiety is a war against the soul. And when anxiety tries to wage war against your soul, what you're supposed to do is push it back. This is what the Christian has to learn how to do. There is a war against your soul. The reason why I'm using your soul is your soul is your mind, your emotions, and if for this for the sake of this conversation, your spirit as well. And the enemy, every moment, sometimes even while you're in church, he's trying to distract you and force pressure upon your soul. And what you're supposed to do is push it back. 
That's what you're supposed to do. Now here's what, here's what anxiety literally means. Anxiety means to be pulled apart, okay? On one side it means to be pulled apart and worry means, a cousin of it, worry means to be strangled. So anxiety, here's what it does. This is the war that is waged against our soul. It means that in our soul, the enemy wants to pull apart and strangle. He wants to tear our spirit and suffocate our mind. Now this is what that really means. I wanna give you a physical illustration. Uh, there are certain types of injuries, somebody well, have you heard, oh, he hyperextended hyper his elbow or his leg or his, so this is normal extension, okay? So this is normal extension of an arm. So we have all been given, physically speaking, everyone has something that's called a range of motion, okay? So normal range of motion means that your arm can go like this. Now, when your arm starts to bend down past that, right, everybody, what you call that is hyperextension. Why? Because you're being stretched too far, okay? So here's an image of a finger that was hyperextended right there. I knew you were gonna do that. You see? But here's what I want you to do for a moment. What I want you to do for a moment, okay? What I want you to do for a moment is I want you to look at this and I want you to realize is that this is what the devil is trying to do to your spirit. You see? What the enemy is trying to do to your mind, your emotions, and your spirit is to stretch it past the point that you were meant to be stretched. Past the point, to the point of injury. You see, anxiety and worry is a war against your soul. And here's kind of the way it looks. Put up the next slide for me. So a soul at peace stays balanced, okay? So you have all of these different categories in your life. Please focus on me for a second. You have, you know, uh, I'm a, a husband and a father. I'm a dad, a granddad. I'm a pastor. I preach. I do all. I have administrative responsibility. I have all of these different categories in my life. These are my God-given stewardships. When a soul is balanced, things stay balanced. But here is what anxiety does. What anxiety does is it stretches, it strangles out other stewardships in your life. It stretches you so that all that you can focus on is the thing that it's causing stress. This is what people's spirits look like. Your spirit is stretched, and you've got one focus, the thing that is coming at you, coming at you, coming at you, and guess what the solution is? The solution is push it back. That's the solution. When you walk out of here, the takeaway of today's message is that when the enemy comes at you with anxiety and worry, you can push it back. How many would say amen in the name of Jesus? Look at what the Bible says in Colossians, and now I wanna pray a quick prayer, a few application points. Okay, Colossians 3.15 says this. Let the peace of Christ rule. Everyone say rule. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts 
since as members of one body, you were called to everyone peace and be thankful. So look, from the front row to the back row. Here, I declare the word of God to you, and I'm telling you, you were called by God to peace. We have a, a variety, the call of God on my life might be different to your life, but there is one universal call. Part of that universal call is that the people of God are called to peace. That's the call. And what, does, what peace means in this particular case, what Jesus is saying is, look, just let me be the king of your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Don't give in to anxiety and worry and fear. I want you to push it back. You see? And so I want to pray right now that God would get our spirit, our soul, back into balance. He can get us back into balance. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, this topic, oh God, is so frequent, it's so common, it's so everyday, that some of your people get used to the enemy beating them up with anxiety and worry, and they accept it as being true to life. But Father, today we stand upon your word, and we declare that your peace rules in our hearts. And we receive, we return to our calling, which is a call to walk in peace. I pray for peace for every heart. I pray, I pray for peace for emotions. I pray that that peace, Lord, would spill over into our relationships, into our homes, into all of our decisions and our choices. Bless this word now. Give people the courage and the faith to push it back. In the mighty name of Jesus, and I thank you for the fruit of peace that is going to be growing in everyone's life. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Could we praise God for being called to peace? <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, what we're going to do in the next few moments is talk about what, how, do, how do you push it back? How do you push it back? Last week, we talked about the importance of rejoicing in the Lord. And, and if you didn't hear last week's message, please listen to last week's message. You are your best self when you're walking in peace. You are your worst self when you're being dominated by anxiety. The world might be crazy, but when the king of glory is sitting on your heart, everything is good and calm. That's a good time. You know, somebody actually gave me an amen button. I should have brought it in today. And so, all right, let's walk through this. First thing that he says in terms of push it back is Paul is saying, push it back immediately. Push it back immediately. Push back anxiety and worry immediately. Paul is espousing a new practice for the believer so that we don't allow anxiety any space in our heart 
and in our mind. When the Bible says, don't be anxious for anything, it's speaking to issues. Everybody say issues. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. Whatever the issue is, God, Paul is saying, don't be anxious about it. And then it says, but in every situation, situation speaks to circumstances. So in every issue, look, don't be anxious about anything. Okay, that's issues. We all have issues. How many people have issues? We got issues. You got issues? I got issues. We got issues. You see, everybody has issues. So don't be anxious about any issue, but in every situation, in every circumstance, in every stage of every issue, it says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, change the conversation. Push it back. Don't listen to what the enemy is saying. Just push that thing back by changing the conversation and going directly to God. So it's immediately, and when you think about this, this is, this is like uh, uh, so cool. Think about a police officer. If you talk to any police officer, you, they have this little comm unit on their shoulder, okay? And so uh, um, on this comm unit, they have the ability, it's a closed network of communication, okay? It's a closed network just for the police department. And if you're on that network, you could hear all of the communication. And the police officer, no matter where he is in the city of Chicago, for example, no matter where he is, he can go like this and he can say something and he's talking immediately to headquarters. What the Lord is saying here, what the Apostle Paul is teaching us is that the minute anxiety because of an issue or in a circumstance starts to press in on you, you're supposed to go right to your, your communication calm with Jesus. How many would say amen? You have a closed network. It's between you and God, and you have immediate access. Go to the calm. Start talking to God. Push every, all of those voices, all of that negative stuff coming at you. The minute, immediately push it back by changing the conversations. Did you notice there were a couple of times where Jesus said, get thee behind me? What was he doing? He said, I don't want to hear that. I don't receive that. I push that thing back immediately. In the name of Jesus, we have to push that thing back. And so remember that our biggest challenge is, if they could send a musician out, our biggest challenge is this. Very, very often, we have a conversation with anxiety and worry for far too long. How does the devil get into someone's life? How does he get someone to be completely flipping out? Here's how it, when he starts coming with that negative suggestion, oh no, this is gonna happen, that negative possibility. You're gonna get sick or, or your child isn't gonna make it or this is gonna happen or you won't be able to pay that bill or whatever it might be. When, it, the, when the minute that starts happening, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to push it back by saying, I won't listen to that. I'm going to do something different. Okay? What is the difference that we're going to do? What we're going to do 
is we're going to push back. Here's the second thing. It's we push back by prayer and petition. Everybody say prayer and petition. We push back immediately by prayer and petition. Now remember I said easy to do, but easy to forget. You see, easy to do, but easy to forget. So it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by here it is, prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Okay, so we have to learn, how do you change that conversation? You change it by prayer and petition. Now, here's the thing about prayer and petition. Prayer, in this particular context, prayer and petition are different, and here's what prayer and petition are. Prayer is a holy conversation with your Father. Petition me is making requests to your Father. Okay? So, here's what I mean. So, we went to Tanzania this past year. It was 20-something hours by plane, and it was grueling, and then when we got off the plane, we traveled five and a half hours. And then we get to the hotel. We check in, and when we check in, it was at the, we were having dinner right at the hotel, and uh, when we, we, and the hotel, the dinner was in the lobby of the hotel, but it was open air, you know? The, the, the lobby was all open air, so there's like, you could look out and there's grass and, all this beautiful stuff, but it was at night, so you couldn't really see much. But everything's open air, so we sit down, we are greeted by our host. We're all exhausted, fried. Time change, all this stuff. So we have our meal, and when we have our meal, we got our keys, we're ready right before we go to the room. When we, right before we go to the room, one of the brothers stands up and goes, hey, Pastor Toledo, check that out right behind you. So I'm sitting here eating. Right behind me on the wall was a tarantula the size of my fist. I'm not exaggerating. I never saw anything like this. It was this big. So, you're tired, you're strained, you're stressed, you're worn out, you're about to go in a foreign country, you're going to your room to sleep, and what do you see right before you go to open that door? A gigantic tarantula. Now look, I'm, I'm from the hood. Put me in a bad neighborhood, it's all good. Put me in the woods, put me around the creatures, I'm like stressed out. So now, dude, Davis, Davis, you know you were having the same thing as me because you told me. Davis went with me. So here's what happened. Here's what happened. So I get to the room. Get to the room, open the door. Open the door like this. Close the door. And I'm like, Lord, we got over 600 leaders coming tomorrow. I'm wiped out. I start teaching at 9 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning. I'm like, I don't need this right now, Lord. I don't need this. And then I started a conversation with the Lord. First of all, I said, Lord, thank you that Chrissy's not here right now. First thing I said. Something told me she wanted to come. Something told me she shouldn't come. And I know that was the Holy Spirit right there. Because if Chrissy had come, we'd be leaving right now. We'd be back on the bus. Hallelujah, Lord. You're so wise. 
That was the first one. How many brothers attest to that word of wisdom? Where's the word of knowledge I got from God? So, so, and then um, I'm walking through. There she is. Hi, honey. Hi. Happy Mother's Day. So, so then, so then I'm walking around the room and I started to say, you know, Lord, you brought me here for a reason. Look behind the curtain. <laughs> Check out the windows. Look under the bed. Praise God. It was one of those beds that was like a platform. There was no under the bed. I was like, hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to the Lord. So sometimes it's okay to talk to your heavenly father. And then I said, Lord, I need you to help me sleep. I'm not worrying about spiders. For some reason, to think about spiders, I think about snakes too. So it was growing. I was like, push it back. Went to sleep. You see, talk to your father and then make the request. But instead of talking to the devil, the devil says, well, what if this happens? Guess what's gonna happen? This is what's gonna happen. You see, that's what's gonna happen. Don't have that conversation. Push it back. Push that back and say, Lord, I love you, Lord. Lord, and you saved me for a reason. You didn't bring me this far to drop me down today. How many know he didn't bring you this far to now give up on you? How many know he never, ever gives up? He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He who begins the good work, he carries it right on to completion. Start the conversation and then make the request. This is what I need, Lord. Small things, big things. Charles, uh, oh snap. I was gonna say Charles Barkley instead of William Barkley. Charles Barkley would not say this. William Barkley said this. There's nothing too great for God's power and nothing too small for his fatherly care. So, it doesn't matter big or small, talk to your father. Make the request. I've always joked about how my wife, she prays for parking spaces. And she gets the best parking spaces all the time. My faith is not strong enough because we pull into a parking lot and I see a, a parking space way far and I'm like, it's all good, park right there, we just walk. She's like, no, Lord help us, Lord. Right in the front. Big things, little things. I remember one of the sisters when our church first started, one of the sisters, a single mom, she said, Pastor, my washing machine broke. It's one of the early victories of Chicago Tabernacle. My washing machine broke. And we prayed. I was thinking about her the other day. We prayed together and we asked God, God, you can provide. She came back like in two days. You won't believe. God provided a washing machine. How many of you know God can provide? He specializes in the washing machine business too. Maytag, whatever it is, he's got it. Big things, little things, we push it back. And then here's the last thing. 
So push it back immediately. Push it back, how? By prayer, by the conversation, and by petition, which is the request. No request is too big or too small. Don't listen, don't have the talk with the devil. Have a little talk with Jesus. How many would say amen? Can we say amen to that? And then, notice what he says. Then he says, push it back with thanksgiving. Push it back with thanksgiving. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, everyone now ready? With thanksgiving. One of the things you're gonna notice is you start with praise, you start with rejoicing, and you end with rejoicing. Because you're talking to the one who's seated upon the throne. It says, with thanksgiving. So here's what you have to be spiritually mature enough and have to believe in, and we're gonna close right now, but here's what it means. When you, after you, after you present, after you have the conversation, make the request, pushing back with thanksgiving and praise recognizes that there's a space between the prayer and the answer. But peace is what God wants to reside in that space. So you say, Lord, I need that washing machine, Lord. Okay, can God go like this and put a washing machine in your house? Yes, right there. Okay, and there have been instances, we've put up a situation, a guy prayed, he had to feed an orphanage full of children, they prayed right there, right at that moment, it was breakfast, they needed food, a milk truck broke down and they brought in the milk right there. God, can, How many know God can do it right there? But watch, even if he doesn't, what you do is after you have the conversation, after you make the request, here's what you do. You start to say, thank you, Jesus, and you wait in thanksgiving. You wait in thanksgiving, and you thank him for what he's gonna do. You thank him for what's gonna happen, okay? You thank him for what's gonna happen. You just wait with a thankful heart. And here's what God starts to do. He starts to build a wall, but, but let me put this verse up for you. Look, Proverbs 31, 25, and 27, we're almost done here. My wife quoted this today. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Everyone, let's read that, ready? She can laugh at the days to come. Wait a second, doesn't she have issues? Doesn't she have situations? Absolutely, but guess what? She can laugh at the days to come. One more time, ready? She can laugh at the days to come, all right? She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She doesn't let anxiety stretch her so that she neglects the things that God has called her to. She stays balanced in her spirit. Why? Because she has the conversation with God, right? She has a conversation, she makes requests, and then she begins to praise God. So let me give you a, a closing example. So let's, that might be a mom here today, okay? So the devil is talking to your child. How many know the devil speaks to our children? And sometimes the, our children listen to the devil. That's the reality, that's the situation, that's the issue, okay? The devil is talking to our children, our children are listening to the devil. 
But here's what we do. We don't, we don't listen to what the devil is saying to our children. We start having a conversation with God and we start giving God, making requests of God and we start thanking God and we start saying, thank you, Lord, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and no weapon formed against us will prosper. And Lord, he may have a conversation, but you're going to blow down the enemy in my child's life and I rejoice. I laugh today, oh God. I know in whom I have believed and they will live for you. How many believe that today? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And here's what God does. Here's why she can laugh. Here's what God does. The Bible says that he, it says, and the peace of God will guard. That word literally means to be a wall it will be a garrison. And here's what happens, all right? Here's how you build the wall of peace. Prayer is the conversation. Petition is the request. Thanksgiving is thanking God in advance because he's got it all taken care of. And God builds a wall around your heart. And when that worry tries to get in, you're surrounded. It's a moving wall. You move over here. You're guarded. The devil tries to get in, but God guards your heart. How many know God wants to put a wall around your heart today and around your home by his mighty power? That's what he wants to do. So that you could look at a situation and say, Lord, Lord, that doesn't look good in the natural, but in your kingdom, I know you've got it today, Lord God, and I thank you in advance. I thank you, God. I thank you. Now here's how we're gonna close. Look, remember, you're your best self when you're at peace. You're your best self. You make the best decisions when the peace of Christ rules in your heart the best choices. Everything is better when our hearts are at rest. We, we can speak, she has faithful instruction on her tongue. We can do, we can act by faith, but we have to build the wall. How do you build the wall? You push it back. You have the conversation. You make the request and you begin to thank him. Mother's Day, I want all of the ladies, every lady stand up. We're going to pray for all of us, but every lady stand up. When I think about the power of a mother's voice, the power of a woman's voice, the power of influence, I want to pray for faithful instruction to be on every tongue. I want to pray for a laughter to be, back, to, to be poured out upon every soul as we push back whatever is coming at us. We're going to push it back. We're going to pray for them first. And then we're going to pray for everyone in a moment. But could we lift our hands right now? Come on. Come on. Do you have something you need to give to God? Lift your hands right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless you. We bless you. Ladies, don't look up. Don't look up to the front. I want you to look up to heaven right now. And come on. Let's begin to thank him. Brothers, right from your seats. Everyone in the building, begin to thank God for how he's going to take care of all of your issues, all of your circumstances. Blessed be your name today, oh God. Blessed be you've met with us, you've been with us. God, we thank you on high, oh God. You're faithful, you're wonderful, oh God. Come on, I think you could do better.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to your name, oh God. Come on, brothers, all the men, stand up. Raise your voice. God, we thank you. Thank you for our children. Thank you for our finances. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our marriages. Thank you, God, for your call upon our lives. Thank you for our profession, oh God. Thank you, God. You've got everything in charge, in, in your in control, oh God. We bless the name of the Lord, oh God. We rejoice in the God of our salvation. Said, Amen. Come on, let's give God a final hand. 